All right, football fans, we are back for the next episode of the Fantasy Hour on Tap. As always, I'm your host tonight, Premier Amp, joined by Edgar and Cam. You can follow all of us on Twitter at Premier Amp, at EdLeon52, and at Cam. Is, dang it, I forgot that one, Cam. Mr. Cam2M, is it? Yep. I'm, I always forget, man. I'm sorry that I will remember. I, I remember Edgar's always because of the 52. I always remember for some reason that makes it really easy. But uh, anyways, guys, we are here tonight to talk over the fantasy drafts coming up. We got running backs and tight ends tonight. Um, also, go over to Twitter and follow our page at Fantasy HR on Tap and go follow at OnTap Sportsnet. So... Let's get right into the show, guys. Uh, so similar to the last episode with quarterbacks and wide receivers, we're going to go over, like I already said, running backs and tight ends. Let's get straight into last year's top five at running back. We're going to give you both standard and PPR. So, Cam, I'm going to shoot this one over to you. Can you give us who top five was last year for PPR? Yeah, so obviously Christian McCafferty was number one. He was almost pretty much the number one player overall. And then Aaron Jones, Ezekiel Elliott were two and three. And then we had Austin Eckler and Derrick Henry rounding out the top five. Yeah, no surprise. We're going to just say this, guys. Uh, McCaffrey was number one at standard as well. Um, so PPR, obviously, I, I feel it. I don't know if you guys are the same way. I feel like PPR is the more popular format. Um, I have been in standard leagues. I don't know. It's just more fun in PPR, I guess, because this day and age in the NFL, I would say probably pretty close to 85% of running backs catch the ball pretty often. It just feels like PPR is probably the more standard bearer of uh, fantasy leagues. Would you say so, Edgar? Yeah, I, honestly, if you're in a standard league, I feel like very few people, or at least very few people I know are in standard leagues. Um, like you said, I think PPR is much much more fun. Uh, it could go either way. And I think there's a lot of people, uh, including my brother that hates PPR because he's, Oh, you, he hates uh, the points for that actual receptions. And I have no idea why, but there's some people like him, but that's not me. Cause you really have to dive in then not just for running backs, you, because the PPR, you have to dive in then in a standard league for wide receivers. You kind of have to get a little more, uh, in my eyes, you have to get a little more touchdown dependent, which well, you, know, exactly. you have to get a wider range on at that point. But yeah, I don't know. You're basically banking for a touchdown and you're like guessing like who's going to get a touchdown. Like, well, I just need one. Right. That's why yeah. I'm not the biggest fan of that. And I could totally agree. I almost like it's kind of funny. I would actually say they're flip flopped. It's like PPR is the standard now. So mm-hmm. I think standard just needs to go away. Boo. Uh, so speaking of standard, we'll say the top five running backs in standard leagues this this last year in 2019 were McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, Aaron Jones, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, and Dalvin Cook. Uh, Cam, where did Dalvin Cook fall in PPR? Was he like six or seven range probably? Uh, he was number six. Number six. Okay, so he was right outside of that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I think I, I know why Aaron Jones is there. What did he have those like two monster games that like propelled him way up the list? And it's kind of funny because you see Henry as number five in a PPR and Henry was number two in standard, which is absolutely funny because 
he's not known for catching the ball. It's like one of the very few running backs that isn't like, you know, pass or uh, isn't catch heavy in, in, you know, uh, his system. So it's just kind of funny that it doesn't even matter. It's not always about um, catching the ball because you can tell that right there. Yeah, absolutely. To go off of those points, Aaron Jones had 16 touchdowns. That is, um, that is correct. Which, that's why he was kind of bold. Can I bring something up, though? This is absolutely funny. I remember this now. So back in the draft, all right, I had a guy come at me and tell me that Aaron Jones is going to fall by the wayside this year and A.J. Dillon's taking over. And uh, he says he expect, fully expects A.J. Dillon to have the exact same numbers as Aaron Jones last year. And I laughed because it made me go and look at previous over several years of rookie running backs. And I think I only found one in history, one in history that had 16 total touchdowns in a season. I'm like, yeah, that's not going to happen. I wouldn't even chalk him up for anywhere between six to eight touchdowns if he's lucky. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, I mean, they're fans. I think like I, talk to some Packers fans and everything. They seem to hate Aaron Jones, just like despise him, but he, Why? he ends up in the end zone. I don't know. Um, he it doesn't always look pretty, I guess. And like, they say he comes in like out of shape or whatever, but like fantasy wise. And like, he always seems to end up in the end zone. But looking forward guys, obviously, like we said, Christian McCaffrey was just uh, out of this world last year. Uh, the race for best player in fantasy last year was between him and Lamar. Um, but so let's just say this, guys. Walking into fantasy drafts this year, it's very easy who number one is. I, I really don't think if you don't take McCaffrey at number one, you got some inside source because I, I don't know how you don't take him number one. I, would you how would you dispute that fact at all, Edgar, or or what's your opinion? No, if I had the number one pick, yeah, I'd, I'd 100% take McCaffrey. I think their their offense is a little bit much better built this year um, with Teddy Bridgewater our quarterback instead of using uh, multiple backup quarterbacks. So I think they'll be more suited this year than last year. So I think there's no really – I mean, unless he's injured right before I pick him, no, probably not. Right, that's the only way I think. I mean, Cam, same thing. You're, I mean, you're going him number one no matter what. Yeah, same thing. I know last year um, it kind of scared people because there were points that they were going to try to like decrease his usage a little bit. But I mean, that obviously didn't happen with over 100 receptions and almost like 300 rushes. Um, but yeah, so if you have number one, you kind of have to go McCafferty. So that's where I bring up the point. Like, do you think he finishes at that number one spot again? Or, I, I mean, obviously, I'm going to just put it out there. I don't think he finishes at one, but he's very hard not to take at one because he's probably finishing as one of the top three running backs without question. Obviously, I hate saying it this way, but barring injury, he finishes it in the top three no matter what. I, I, there's no way he doesn't. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the reason to take him because, I mean, yeah, he might not it's, finish number one, but you can kind of like – most people have that sense that he'll finish top three. I'll pay no, you know, I'll pay the number, the number one overall pick for top three running back. You know, yeah, there is an argument to be made about consistency too, though. Um, like Zeke, I I usually try to get um Zeke in some of my leagues, especially if I have like the um like a later on pick because for whatever reason, like he usually doesn't go in the top like three ish. 
So someone like him or Kumara, um, probably going to be up in the top five. Kumara was number nine, um, but he only played in 14 games. So he's pretty right. too. Um, so, I mean, there is a case to be made about consistency there, and they're always like kind of consistently up there. So, but that brings up my point, though. In a lot of drafts that I've seen, the, the consensus top, I, I would say about top five that I see are, I'm not in any order either. It's McCaffrey, Elliott, Barkley. Um, I'm seeing Dalvin Cook and like Kamara's right in there. And then you fall out of that and you finally get to the first wide receiver in Michael Thomas. But mm-hmm. So I'm going to I want to pose this question to you guys and this is something I've been going back and forth on. I have my personal opinion and it's the same one I had last year. If you have the number 2 overall pick in your fantasy draft cuz this is a hot topic, honestly. If you have the number 2 pick, McCaffrey goes number 1, who are you taking number 2? I'd probably take Saquon. Okay. Cam? Um I'd probably either go Saquon, Elliot, um, who are or, you taking? Yeah, you have to take one. You can't. You're on the <laughs> clock. You've got five seconds to answer the question. Yeah. I'm about to go up. I, I go Zeke. Okay, fair yeah. enough. And I'm with I'm with Cam there. Um, it, purely off the fact of what did I tell you guys last year? Do you remember? Nothing. Yeah. I tell do you. Do you remember what I told you about Barkley? No, no, I really don't. Okay, what I told you about Barkley because everybody put him in that top spot again last year. I told you last year, he's not going to finish the year that high due to the fact that that team sucks and he's going to get overused and he's going to get hurt. And he missed games last year. Well, I don't think you said he, he'll get hurt. I think you still get yes, overused. I and he will, I'm pretty I sure, he will get I'm overused. Pretty sure, I'm pretty sure, like, you, I mean, I, I don't know if you're Houdini, but I don't think you predict injuries. Um, but I, like I said, yeah, he, he got hurt, but I don't think he'll, I, I think this will be a good season for him. I think he'll bounce back I, and, I, and I'm, I'm more season. a high risk, high reward type of player. So I'll take Saquon. Um, right. There's, what's the high risk, high reward when I feel like Elliot's going to play all, you know, 16 games or whatever the hell they play. And I don't know if Barkley is that team. I would much rather take Elliot knowing that he has a better team. Yes, he's missing a little bit on his offensive line, but he has a better offense. And what do they still have in New York? Can you tell me what they have? They have Daniel Jones and what at wide receiver again? Sterling Shepard? Slayton? Like, come on. Well, that, that's that's the more reason to use him, right? So I think they're going right, to be able to find him. They built up their offensive line. They built up their offensive line. So they that's what I'm saying. Like, I find with a rookie, bro. I, what, what is I, that going to do? Well, I so I think that they, they did a good job of rebuilding their offensive line, and I'm I'm all in on Saquon. I like Saquon. Um, like I said, last year was like it was unfortunate that he got hurt, but I think this year he'll bounce back from me. He has all the talent in the world, so I'm really not that concerned this year. Um, I, I see your argument with Zeke, and like I you know 100 agree, but like I said, I, I I'm taking Saquon. And that's just my pick. I'll tell you what, if I had the third pick, I would still take Dalvin Cook over him. All right, so it's you want really to talk about high risk, high reward. I'll take Dalvin Cook all day over him because I can at least trust that offense to use him. Because you have a new w- rookie uh, wideout in Jefferson, 
you have Thielen, so they're going to have to dump the ball off again. And at least that offensive line is better than either one of those other two offensive lines. You want to talk about rebuilding an offensive line, they did that, and they were solid at the end of the year last year in Minnesota. And I think they continue to grow, and that's why I would feel much better with Dalvin Cook, especially knowing that they're not even going to worry about the contract. The contract is what scared me originally with Dalvin. I think with Dalvin, now that the contract's out of the way and they're not going to talk about it, I think he has to play harder. I think, obviously, he's playing for a contract, and he's going to play his damnedest for it, uh, even though I think he should have probably signed a contract in this offseason because you don't know what the cap's going to be next year. So he could lose out on money because of that. Um, but that's just my opinion. Um, yeah. No, Cook is a very talented player. Um, and, I mean, something can be said about, like, just contract years. I know we talked about this a little bit last time. Um Going off of that, too, um, Derrick Henry, like, he had, like, a really good season. Like, I he mean, started he, off. He, but it was, a, it was a contract season for him last year, and he got a contract. Um, right. So does he fall down a little bit? Like, does he maybe not run as angry, or does he have that in the back of his mind? Um, because that could affect his production. I think he still runs a little bit heavy this year. I just think that uh, that's just because I think people are still doubting him. In my yeah. eyes, I think people still doubt him. So I think he still has that mindset. But that's obviously something to worry about. That's why, you know, if you have that six or seven pick and you've got Henry on the board and you've still got Kamara and Michael Thomas, that's viable options. You know, that's some three good picks. Where do you risk it? I would... I would put my eggs in a basket on Kamara at that point. You know, I would actually lean off of that, especially in a PPR league. But so do, do you guys um, think that Aaron Jones finishes top seven this year? No. Uh, top seven, probably not. I think he does fall out of that. Um, I think there's too many games last year where he was just a goal line back. I mean, there's tons of games where he had 1.9, 1.8, 1. yards uh, per carry. And he had two touchdowns, right? So he had a lot of goal line usage. I think there's a reason that they brought on A.J. Dillian in the second round. I'm not going to say he's going to completely take over because he's not. But you don't waste draft capital in the second round when you could have gotten yeah. a receiver for yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Um, but instead, you got another running back, right? So I think he's going to take he's going to take some of his carries away. And the less carries he gets, the less chances he'll get in the red zone, right? What would yeah. you say his his percentage was at last year? He was like ninety percent usage or ninety five compared to whatever other running backs they had, right? Yeah, I'd say like eighty five. You'd say eighty five. Yeah. I think yeah. I think he drops down this year. I think his usage drops down to like sixty percent. They're going to use Dylan a lot more than you think they're going to, especially so, in those short yardage plays and, like you said, those goal lines. And you also have to look. The reason I say it with Aaron Jones, I think he's a fine player. But he also had some of those big booming plays, you know, where he catches the ball out of the backfield and runs for 60 yards for a touchdown. That's not going to happen every time. You can't keep banking on that. He's not McCaffrey. You know, he's not that level of a running back. But he's yeah, – so, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Yeah, touchdowns are always hard to predict. And, like, of his 16 rushing touchdowns, seven of them came in two games. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're very solid point that you're 100 percent right on that aspect. Um, yeah, that's why I think he he could fall into that top 10. I think he might even fall out of the top 10 of running backs because of that, especially with the usage. The one player I wanted to bring up to you guys that I kind of find an interesting aspect of it where I'm seeing him being taken is Mark Ingram. 
why do you why do you think he's fallen so far in the rankings of running backs? Is it because of uh, Dobbins that they got, or or what do you think that I, I should actually ask Edgar this one? Um, what do you really think on that? Uh, I mean, he had a couple of injury takes last year, so I think that definitely hurts him. And yeah, Dobbins definitely hurts him. He was taken in the second round, and they're going to definitely use him. He's an explosive talent. They're going to put him out at wide receiver. They're going to use him in the run, you know, in the running game quite a bit. Um, but they're going to line him up on the outside. I think it's going to be kind of a, it's going to be another run heavy offense again, um, with a little bit more passing in it, you know, a second, you know, another year, uh, with the team and, and all, but I think because of injury, because the running back room is, is the backfield is Flowers. just so crowded, you know, crowded yeah. with people that, you know, it, it's really hard to really bank on one Ravens running back, right? Like, who do you choose? JK Dobbins? Um, are you going to choose J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram? Do I need? You know, do you have enough room in your in your bench for that? Probably not. Yeah. For so for me, this actually comes down to pass blocking. Um, if J.K. Dobbins can, I, I watched him a little bit in college and I scouted him. He was actually, in my opinion, like a willing blocker. If he can like be a decent pass blocker and like stay on the field. Mark Ingram only had 26 receptions last year of the like top 10 players. Um, I mean, he wasn't a top 10. He didn't finish in the top 10, but of the top 10, only Derrick Henry had less receptions than that. Um, so if JK Dobbins can figure out like the pass blocking and proves to be a willing pass blocker, I think they'll like just completely throw the ball to him more. So that will take Ingram out even more. So I think well, that's what people are afraid of too. I think they're going to, yeah, I know. I, I agree with your point. I think, yeah, they're already planning on, on bringing him out more. He's a much more explosive kind of like fluid athlete than him. You know, he can be that wide receiver if you really need him to, you know, yeah. he fits, he fits the more passing uh, yeah. back role. So obviously that is a threat, especially when you're, you know, you're marking rooms and uh, it goes to, you know, Henry, whereas Henry doesn't have somebody behind him, particularly at that level. Um, where it's a threat. That's why I think, you know, when it comes to Ingram, it might not be the same split kind of like thinking of the Packers. I don't think it's a 60 40 cause Ingram's just still a better player, but it just depends. Like Cam said, if, if he picks up the pass blocking, we could be talking about an absolutely wasted pick in, uh, you know, in, in Ingram at that point, but I wouldn't be afraid to take him if he's still there, say in like a fourth round or something. Cause I have seen him in, in some, some drafts go that late. I mean, I think that's kind of far, but I mean, where, where do you think his ADP really falls? Right right now it's um, 24th overall for running backs. David Montgomery out of him. Yeah. He's, he's, he's taking like 37th. Overall. Oh my God. No way. Mm-hmm. That's rude. Like, I'm sorry. Like it, well, I mean, that's, like, that's uh, I think that's a steal at that point. Melvin Gordon's at the third round. What was that, Edgar? That'd be the end of the third round, wouldn't it? Yeah, but I mean, if he's being, you said he's taken after Montgomery. Yeah, he's. Yeah. Montgomery is um, PPR running back twenty three now, and um, Ingram's twenty four. Wow. Yeah, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I like Montgomery, but wow. That's kind yeah. of crazy to think that, that he's that far down. He's somebody to really watch at that point because that's not a bad – at that point, he could be 
teetering on your running back two or potentially your flex spot at that point. And I think that's a pretty good pick right there. I mean, there's other guys around that area, though, too. Yeah, I mean, like you said, you have Dave Montgomery, Jonathan Taylor, and Leonard Fournette are in that same area. So that's kind of interesting. I mean, Leonard right. Fournette's a little bit of an iffy story. So, but if if, if it's Leonard Fournette or Mark Ingram, I'd rather take Leonard Fournette just because I, I, I 100% know he's going to be the sole, sole perfect, you know, running back on the team. I agree with you on that front. Um, I was actually going to bring that one up because that's one of those guys that, like you said, he's further down the list, and you're just like, but he's the guy. There's nobody else there. Like, as long as I mean, they're a bad team, though, so maybe they get away from the run. But I know he's the running back. Like, they, there's nothing else behind him. So yeah. I'd much rather feel safer there. Yeah, there is like value in being the guy. Like, sometimes I'll do that for a receiver. Like, sometimes I think like if like like last year, if you weren't in like a local draft with people like from this area like Allen Robinson wouldn't really be drafted like that high. And then it would be like the middle part of a draft. And it's like, he's a number one receiver. Right. Yeah. And uh, I mean, for me, the only other thing that like, I have a question about with running backs before, you know, we kind of move uh, in another sense here at the end here. Um, but why, why do you guys tr- like think in a way, um, why is Devin Singletary so far down as well? Because I'm seeing him in the same range as like Montgomery and stuff. I think he's even a little further behind him, isn't he, Cam? Yeah. I, I just not. Yeah, he's a, he's a little bit. He's actually one spot behind uh, Mark Ingram. He's he's being drafted like almost fiftieth overall. So like, I just don't. I don't understand it. Middle of the fourth. Because I don't really have anyone else either, and I thought he was pretty productive well, at the end of the year. He was. He had a couple of injuries, so I can see why people are a little bit iffy on him. I mean, there's always going to be those guys that are a little bit under the radar because they had like maybe lackluster, you know, late half of the seasons, right? Um, but the, you know, they had you know sparks of showing you know greatness. Um, and I think Devin Singletary could be that, but you also have Zach Moss right behind him, and I was a little oh, bit yeah, that is taken true. back by that draft selection because I thought they were already really high on Devin Singletary. Maybe not to say that they're not still, but. I think they took right. him in maybe third round. So yeah, you're right. Because the conversation with that is that he's going to be their like goal line guy, isn't he? I think is what it was. It or, could be. I mean, he's built for that. Um, but ha- I mean, now you have a rotation at, at running back, or you'd at least expect it, right? Because true. Of drafted him. Right, but that goes back to your point, and then we're going to move forward after this because it's just the same. It's that cluster right there. I like that. Yeah. But it's like okay, you have Montgomery, okay. You have Singletary, you have Ingram, and you have Fournette. So three out of those four guys uh, have somebody behind them that they're clustered with. You know, you got Montgomery and Cohen. You got Ingram and Dobbins. You have Fournette by himself. And then you have um, Singletary with Moss. So it's kind of like, okay, that's just a cluster right there of like, what do you really want? And I mean, out of that group, what I'm going to tell you, the honest truth is, Montgomery, if you're clustering it with somebody that's in a kind of committee area, Montgomery is probably the better choice because I know that Cohen's a one trick pony. (laughs) Yeah. One more, um, one more quick point about like running backs and like kind of this conversation when you get in there, Um, there's something to be said, especially in fantasy about like how good the team is like, cause what Singletary being that far down, I think it says like, okay, they might not be ahead that much. Like people might not have confidence in their offense and in their defense to be like, have a lead and run the ball that much. Like he can catch passes too. 
But um, normally when they're down, they're just going to more try to drive down the field with receivers and passing. Well, but at the same time, that's why Fournette is where he is, is because that team is just not going to be good and they're not going to have a chance to run that much. So, you know, all those other guys, their teams are iffy. Buffalo is better than... Yeah, uh, Buffalo is going to be better than the Bears are going to be probably in that stature of it. I well, think they're I would, better. I would argue that they would they're going to have a much better season, maybe at least statistically than last year, right? I mean, you'd have the addition of Diggs, so I think I think they're going to do much better than last year. Maybe, maybe I mean not you know playoffs or anything like that. I'm not going to say that, but I think they're positioned much better. And and after this, uh, we'll move into the next thing, but. The one thing I wanted to say is if I were those three running backs minus Fournette still there, I'd actually go Ingram off of the pure aspect of that team is better. And I think if they have the lead, you're giving the ball to Ingram. It's a safe play. Obviously, right. If they're down, it's Dobbins, I would say. But if you're in a lead, it's going to be Ingram all day. So just some quick hits here at the end here. Some uh, top targets and favorite players. I want to throw one out there, and I'm very upset that he's actually being talked about in the top 10, and that's only because of Williams opting out for the season. And everybody's now favorite player is out of the bag in Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I really was super excited for him this year, and I was going to draft him on every team I could until (laughs) Williams opted out. And I was like, well... (laughs) he's going to fly up the board now. And now he's like in the top 10 overall in drafts. And I'm like, well, that kind of sucks. Um, what is your, what are your guys' opinions though on Clyde Edwards Alaire? I think my opinion is that he's on a team with a coach that just loves using the running back in, in the passing game. Um, and you know, probably the best quarterback in the league. Right. So I, I he's going to be a I think he's going to be a good pick and he can have a similar, you know, maybe not exactly, but a, you know, rookie season kind of like Kareem Hunt and I think those are the expectations for him right now that he has a starting role and he had he's he's been that kind of sort of back when he was in the LSU right he's been that pass catching um you know hard to hit because he maneuvers all over type of back and I expect him to be that you know coming into the NFL like a little bowling ball he's like an MJD that's why yeah, I, well, he's just, so oh, I mean MJD is a little bit a little bit thicker, but <laughs> right. But in that kind of same mold, I always say, um, yeah, he's a shorter guy who's very elusive. So, and, and that's what essentially kind of cream hunt is. Right. Right. So I, I mean, like you said, like if, if, uh, I wish Williams didn't opt out because I probably would have picked him up in the later rounds and wait for Williams to get hurt or just, you know, fall out of, you know, popularity, you know, and speaking of real quick of like what we were just talking about with the previous player group, I think the thing that scares me with him though, is that team is so good on the offensive side, they're going to get up and they're going to run. And I don't know if it's going to be him running the ball. I think they're going to want to conserve him. You know, I don't think they're going to keep handing it off to him. So that's what scares me about him. Um, is there anything else you guys have, have on him? Because there's a couple other players I just want to bring up here at the end. Um, of yeah, the running back list. yeah, really quick on him. Like the top running back, especially like um, rookie running back, um, a lot of times we'll get like kind of overdrafted or overhyped going into the year. Like last year it happened a little bit with Josh Jacobs. Um, I mean, I know he had an injury too, but um, Clyde Edwards, her rear, according to this is um, running back number six, which I feel is a little too high for him. Way too um, high. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I feel like rookies, especially this year, um, they tend to get overhyped a little bit. Um, so I would just watch out for that. 
Yeah, I don't know if I would draft him at that point, but I, I think he has all the potential in the world. Um, he is a little bit too pricey for my taste, right? Um, because you're just banking on there. It, so it seems like there's a lot of risk associated. Yeah, I definitely agree with you guys. Uh, a couple other players I want to bring up. Uh, one personally to me, um, let's just play a little quick game here, I think. Uh, too high or too low for where Miles Sanders is? Because I think he's what, like right behind Edwards Alaire, right? Um, According he's, to he's, this, he's 10. Yeah, he's, he's, like, 10. he's like right behind Kenyon Drake and Joe Mixon. No, he's around like the 12 yeah, to 15. Yeah. Okay. So, but do you think that's too high or too low for him, though? Or should I say, let me rephrase that, I guess I should say. Do you think he finishes higher or lower than that? There we go. That's a better question. Um, I think he'll finish. I think he could finish around that area. I would say higher a little bit. Okay. Edgar? I, I'm going to go the opposite. I'm, it's going to be lower. Um, they just lost, the Eagles just lost one of their key offensive linemen, too. Um, he did okay running between the tackles, but, he's, he, again, he's, one of, he's a slender guy that can be catch that the receiver, catch the ball, exactly. He's going to um, fall. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm jumping the gun on that. <laughs> go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think he's going to fall. So not, not, not to that, you know, to the extreme extent, but I think he might be a little bit overdrafted. Yeah. I just think he falls into that same range of the other players we were just talking about, you know, your Montgomery's mm-hmm. and your Fournette area. Another combination though, that I love, obviously, I don't know if I would take the second player, but I'm really high on Chubb this year, Nick Chubb. Um, I think, I think he's going to be one that where he sits right now for his ADP, I think is a very good spot. And I think he's a sneaky good player this year. Um, what's your opinion, Cam? Um, well, I'm not the biggest fan of just a Browns offense in general. Um, and like having a full season, like obviously um, Hunt was on there. Like he had a little bit of a short off season, came to the team late. He was suspended. Um I think having the whole like off season to like kind of train, prepare in that offense, I think he'll take some stuff away from Chubb. Chubb is still a really good player and will be like the main back, but I can see them using Hunt more. So I think it's just going to drop them both down. I, me personally, I would try to avoid both of them. Okay. And that's fair because of the split. Uh, Edgar? Um, I mean, this is kind of an, this one's kind of an interesting pick. I mean, there's a lot of like running back tandems in the league. But this is one where, like, they – I think they clearly, they they prefer Chubb, right, and they have Cream Hunt out there. And, and like Cameron said, he, he, Cream Hunt was only there for part of the season last year, and he's going to have a full, you know, offseason uh, to work everything out. But, I mean, Chubb finished eight last year, and he played well above his ADP. And I, I kind of agree with you, where he's he's kind of at a good, you know, happy medium, right? Um, but this is one of those situations is where you kind of have to debate – not even debate. You have to kind of lean on the side of – all right, you might have to draft Kareem Hunt just in case anything happens to to Chubb because if anything happens to Chubb, it's going to be Kareem Hunt show, right? Right. If, but they I, were, if they were that in love with Chubb, though, why would they have gotten Hunt knowing that he'll be out like for that long too? Well, I think they got a rookie running back and they didn't know what they had in the rookie running back, right? And they Safety got blanket. Yeah, exactly. They got Kareem Hunt in the beginning of the year. So, I mean, you don't know what's going on. You take a, you know, a guy that you know is going to do well, but has a little bit of issues, um, you know, exactly like to what you said, like as a safety blanket. So, but like I said, I think Chubb played really well last year. And like, I was one of the people that I'll admit, like I, I underestimated him. And I think the biggest thing with that Browns offense, if, if I'm correct in the couple of games I saw, 
they did run. Uh, they did have two running back sets. They had both of them out there a bunch of times, which is key. Let's that's something that I say with a team like Chicago, you know, how are you not doing that more often with two players you have? Like, that's what you need to do when you have running backs that are capable of doing both things where one's a better runner than the other, but at the same time, both can catch the ball. That's spreading the offensive out. And and that's the one thing that, like, maybe they do ride the hot hand, but I'm with Edgar. I think if you get uh, Chubb, Try to get Hunt. If not, try to get Hunt in a good spot in case. Um, yeah. In my and I'll admit this: this is the first time I'm ever going to be in a 12-man league. I know I, it's kind of crazy. I've never done a 12-man league, but like if I had picked 12, I'm not going to lie to you. I wouldn't be too hard pressed to take Chubb. I'd feel very comfortable knowing he's either my number one or my number two running back. The other thing moving forward here, another player I do really like this year. I am afraid of a sophomore slump. Is Josh Jacobs. Um, but what do you guys think on him for this year? I like I like Jacobs. Um, he's a good player. Um, he played determined. I know last year um, he did fight some injuries. It was his rookie season. I mean, you mentioned the sophomore slump. That is a concern. But he still had over 1,000 yards rushing last season. Um, he only had 20 receptions, though, too. So that might kind of worry me a little bit. He wasn't like that productive in college, but I mean, they knew what they were getting. And I think like John Gruden might want to be like a little bit more old school and just use him as a traditional, like running back. That's fair. Uh, what do you think? Edgar? No, I, I, I understand. agree with you. Uh, he had some injury problems last year. So that's like one thing to keep in mind, but I think they, they did a really good job in the off season bolstering the offense, right? They, they did, a, you know, they added a couple guys to the offensive line and then they got their, the number one draft pick receiver right out of uh, Alabama. So Ooh. And he's going to be able to stretch the field and add another weapon because last year, who was he really throwing to? Jarrell Williams? Like, all you have to do is, you know, stack the box and stop Josh Jacobs, make him throw. Oh, you had Waller. Yeah, <laughs> but then, like, besides that, it's like, all right. You know, that, was an, that was an out of the world. Out of the like, world. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you the, another, like, uh, besides Hunter, or not Hunter, or, yeah, Hunter Renfro, right? Yeah, yeah. But that, yeah, you know, that's like a gimmick. But <laughs> all right, last group of running backs. We're going to talk about two guys here uh, Joe Mixon and David Johnson. Obviously, David Johnson, somebody a little further in drafts, but Mixon uh, early on. What is your confidence level this year for a guy like Joe Mixon, uh, Edgar? You know what? Joe Mixon <laughs> is currently 11 ADP and PPR. And that for me, I, we, I usually play. 12, 12 man PPR and you know that's the end of the first round uh, potentially maybe for you know first of the second round so you know, a couple wide receivers are taken whatever I I'm not the biggest fan of Joe Mix and I feel like the past two years I've expected him like oh he's gonna this is his year this is his year and then he finds a way to kind of like disappoint you um, in the based off like where you drafted him right um, last year he finished 13th um, in PPR formats and. I think he was getting drafted a lot higher than that. So yeah, I think I he know. was like top five, wasn't he? Yeah, I, I, it, something like that. And I just, I don't know. The last two years, he's been kind of a disappointing. He's been pretty disappointing, and he's had those injury issues. Um, I think he was suspended for a couple games just for you know character issues. So I'm and, I'm probably gonna dial it back and not you know not touch Joe Mixon. Isn't he in a contract situation too? I believe yeah, he signed. So I, I, I think he didn't sign. Yeah. So two. So I'll ask a question here to Cam. All right. You have pick number, say it's twelve out of a twelve-man league, 
and David or not David Johnson, Joe Mixon and Josh Jacobs are there and you want to go two running backs. Do you feel okay taking those two guys back to back or would you go another route? Uh, would you take one of them and then somebody else? At that point, um, I would see what receivers are there. If there's not really any like good receivers, I would take those. Like I'm kind of in the same boat as Edgar. Like I've been waiting for Joe Mixon to break out for a few years, but like Watch. this year with Joe Burrow on it, I think they're going to need to lean on him more. And you mentioned like the contract, they're going to need to lean on him more. So I like think he could be one of those players who like kind of does perform this year. And like, we kind of see his potential a little bit. Watch Um, everybody's going to back off of him this year. And this will be the year he just fucking goes off. Yeah. (laughs) He'll finish number one or something stupid. Uh, All right. Last question for running backs guys. Uh, before we move into a quick hit on these tight ends, because that's a position that's a dying breed. Um, David Johnson, how it, or what's your opinion on him and where he falls uh, in ADP this year and uh, with a new team? I feel like this one's going to, it's another, if you look at the NFL, it, it's like now it's rarely like one running back, you know, covering the show. There's, you know, there's a couple here and there. You have Saquon, Ellie, you know, Zeke hook um but a lot of the times you have you know your your one two guy and then um the guy that can go over and catch the ball just like kind of your like your gadget guy right with david johnson i feel like i don't know you want him to be that guy um but you also have Kenyon drake and Kenyon drake's going his average adp is 12 is like around 12 or 13 so he's running back number 11 um david johnson i think is way back so i feel like if you draft Kenyon drake that's where you kind of also have to draft david johnson um, but I don't know. I feel like I'm a little iffy on that. I would be hesitant to draft David Johnson. I just don't know how much he has left in the tank. There's something like if you get really good value for him, if he's there, like towards the end of a draft or something, yeah, take a, a flyer. Why not? Um, especially, um, with, I mean, like I do like Kenyon Drake, like as a player, but like, can he be that established number one? He's never really been that on any teams so it's just kind of yeah a question mark he is he's on houston now um that's why i like drake though if we want to bring up that name really quick that's why i do like drake this year because he doesn't have much behind him and that offense has a lot of firepower in arizona um i'm just i'm still fearful it's a i'm gonna i'll I'll let you guys say what you need after this to the last thing i'm gonna say on the running backs but what scares me is exactly what cam just said i totally agree with you what does he have left? Because I saw him a few times last year, and I was scared that the dude was going to get broken in half because I felt like he was running a mile an hour down the field. He yeah. just doesn't look the same as he used to. Maybe it's different this year. I don't know. But um, well, I'll let Houston, you guys have your final say-sos on running backs. Houston also has a really, a pretty poor offensive line, and they did they do minimal to like upkeep or even change that. So that's also one thing you have to consider. Well, I think another a question like you, that's boys, and this is one guy we haven't talked about, but Todd Gurley, would you rather have Todd Gurley or David Johnson? A hundred percent. Absolutely. Who would you rather have? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I was saying a hundred percent to Todd Gurley. You're oh, okay. I would all day. I actually uh, hope that he continues to fall in drafts. I see because yeah, I like where he's at, especially on yeah. that offense. Right now he's a little no. It's actually he's actually right below David Johnson. It's David Johnson, then it's Todd Gurley right below. So running back nineteen, he's taking like thirty one overall. So I have more, like, 
I have more faith in what's left in Todd Gurley's tank than I have in whatever's left in David Johnson. Yeah, and there was actually a couple of reports that came out where uh, Cotter came out, Dirk Cotter, their offensive uh, coordinator, came out to hey, we want 15, we expect 15 to 25 touches for Todd Gurley a game. But you also, the thing that read right after that was like, provided that his health is, you know, on par, right? So that's always kind of asterisk is what, you know, how is his knee? He's looking explosive in, in camp, but that's not to say like there's one game that just completes it completely like kills that knee. And I mean, he's out the rest of the season or he's, he's back to Todd Gurley. You can't, you can barely run like two miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gur- Gurley's knee, I don't think is going to hold up just personally. He has chronic knee issues. Like, but at the same time, like, I don't think David Johnson has like, anything left in the tank i would probably go if i had it to Gurley over johnson yeah for he does play especially early in the season well so would i and i think that like with both these players i think you have to take the guy right underneath them right because they're high risk you know high injury prone players but in my own opinion i'd rather take brian hill who's right below todd Gurley, than whoever's below uh david johnson right that's fair all right guys Let's get into the tight ends for this year. Very, very quickly, let's talk about the top five of last year. Uh, I don't think much is going to change between number one and number two this year. Uh, you got Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. Right after that is Darren Waller, Zach Ertz, and Mark Andrews. That's the surprise from last year. Um, do you guys really honestly see a change between number one and number two this year? I mean, they could flip, but uh, I don't see either one of those two really falling out of that spot. Yeah, no. Um, I think it's going to be Kelsey and Kittle one two. No, I, I interesting agree. I think what's interesting to me is that Mark Andrews is over Zach Ertz. Well, uh, in drafts right now. Yeah, yeah. Only in ADP. I I don't know if I would agree with that in in this season. Just and here's the reason why is because with the Eagles, all they have right now in the passing game is going to be, um, uh, what's his face Rager, and then Jeffrey. You know, no, Jeffrey's on the pup list to start the year. Oh, wow. Okay. So well, just the Jalen Rager show. Right. So my point is you're going to have to go to your safety blanket at your tight end spot. So, I mean, obviously that's just to start the year. So I'd feel better taking Ertz over Andrews, but I mean, I would say Andrews is, a, Andrews is a little bit more riskier. I think with Ertz, you know what you have. And as long as Carson Wentz is out there, he's always going to have his radar on Zach Ertz. Whereas Mark Andrews had a really great year and he has a lot of great talent. But LJ can change in a complete different direction this year and be like, yeah, I want to run the ball more. Or, hey, I want to throw it to Hollywood more this year because we feel comfortable, right, working in the offseason. Uh, right. Or let's have, like, two more, like, two or three tight end sets, right? Are you risking it, though, early in a draft? Like, uh, second round, are you taking one of those top two guys if you have the shot? So I, I've been contemplating that, and I think because <laughs> there's so much – yeah, I think there's, a, a, you know, a crap ton of death at wide receiver right and there always has been but this year especially so i've always kind of like you know batted other eyelash with that idea but because i mean like you said the tight end is like a dying breed in terms of fantasy so if you don't have like the top two maybe three guys and, and yeah. the top two are solidified right they're they're good to go maybe zach Ertz is good to go with a little bit of risk too but if you don't have those guys you're you're kind you're of, out of luck. Your yeah, you're taking streamers, and like the last year, like I, I had a team where I was just taking streamers, and like that's 
it's a lot of work just to keep track of that and to you're just throwing darts at some point trying to okay if i take joe burrow's tight end i know that he can throw you know xyz you're he's facing this team but you're really just banking on the fact that like okay who's best available if anyone's available and hopefully they're a starter right um the move the move last year and i remember it because i was looking at it today but the move last year was always taking the tight end that was playing arizona because arizona was <laughs> god awful against tight ends and it wasn't like it wasn't even close they were like giving up five more points to the yeah. tight end position uh compared to like the next closest team and that's like what it was like so what I'm kind of taking from what you're saying is if you miss out on the top three wide receivers, say you miss out on what, what's his face, um, Michael Thomas, mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill, and a Julio Jones. Uh, if you miss out on those guys, I mean, you might as well take one of the tight ends if they're there. Yeah, I mean, I would. I mean, especially maybe if you're picking at the bottom, you know. But, you know, depending on what other running backs are there, I've always been kind of the person to be in favor of, like, draft running back, you know, back-to-back. And that's worked. But at the same time, like I said, like, I think I'd be better off if I were to draft and solidify that tight end position early on. Not not first-round pick by any means, right? You want to first solidify your number one uh, running back. So let's say you get, like, uh, Christian McCaffrey or, you know, whoever, whoever else in, like, the top three, top four guys and solidify that. RB one position, I think it'd be a good idea to then solidify that one position. That's probably the hardest to be consistent at. Yeah. And I think like you said, the top three, if I'm not getting Kelsey or Kittle and Ertz is still there and like, there's still a, it's iffy at the other positions. Yeah. I'm going to go Ertz Cause I know that's consistent, but after that, man, I'm taking a flyer on a couple other tight ends. I like, um, and you know, let's talk about that to, to kind of wrap this up, because like I said, it's not to be rude to the tight end position because I do mm-hmm. respect it, but it's it's tough because once you make it out of those top three, it is just literally a shot in the dark um, at that point. I think some people would give you a top four and throw Gronk in there just because he's Gronk. And I don't disagree with that. And I will not tell anyone otherwise on that because he is still Gronkowski. He took a year off. He still looks in good shape and he's got Tom Brady again. But outside of that, guys, who are some players that you're truly watching? I, I One I will bring up that I don't understand a, a lick of it is Higby out in in uh, for the Rams. I, I just don't see it. Um, I don't know why. Maybe I'm just blind to it. But what's your thoughts on him? I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. I'm not the biggest fan of him. Um, but I do know that the regime over there in the Rams loves him. Um, and they prefer him over uh, Everett. And you did have those glimpses last year where he had 16, you know, point game PPR uh, games. Right. But at the same time, it's really hard for me to rely solely on him week after week, week after week. I think there was a point in time where I had Taylor Higby on my team, um, but he was only useful two out of, you know, out of all the weeks. Right. So I, I'm not. Do you, do you know why he was useful two out of those <laughs> two games out of those years? He played the Cardinals twice. Yeah. Yeah. Who's his quarterback again? <laughs> Jude. Yeah. Wow. All right. So I'm going to just ignore him. I'm not trying to be rude. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> but all right. Uh, to wrap the show up, I'm going to ask Cam, who are some tight ends? If you don't get one of those top three or four guys, who are some tight ends you're truly keeping your eye on? Yeah. If you don't get the top guys, I mean, I would look at 
Um, I know like Noah Fan and TJ Hackerson were both first round picks um, before, so they got a lot of hype coming into it. And I know we've talked like kind of at length about how like rookie tight ends aren't used as much. Um, now, like going into year two, I think they will be utilized and like understand their offenses more. So they might be interested, interesting picks. And then a guy like Evan Ingram is really skilled. Um, if he can stay on the field, he could be a really good weapon for Daniel Jones and that offense. He's one, he's one of those players on that you, I think the last few years you're like, all right, this is a year or two. Um, but like, I, like I you know. said, I think he is on the field. Like, he can do well, but like I've I've been like waiting for it, you know, kind of like Joe Mixon. So, um, Evan Ingram, he only played eight games last year. He averaged thirteen point seven fantasy points. Did that he play the every time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that would have put him at like number six overall around. Um, to put it in like some perspective, Darren Waller averaged like thirteen point eight. And he ended up number three. But that's that's still a concern, and I'm not going to draft a player that only played half the season that high at that position. Um, yeah, no, I'm just saying if it like comes down to it, like he has potential to give you some points. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I mean, if he's somebody that you know fell towards a late round, yeah, I might take a flyer. You know, just because. Yeah. What if he played every game? You don't know. I, I mean, he could. Um, Edgar, who are some guys that you truly have your uh, eye on later on? <sighs> You know what? If I don't get any of those top two guys, like I said, I'm, I think I'm shifting my my kind of scope towards a couple. I like you said, Gronk is he's being picked in the late fifth round. I mean, that's not that's not bad for a tight end of what he you know what he can potentially be. Right? There's a lot of potential there. He did take his offseason off. He did. I don't think he truly put on all the all the weight that he said he was going to because um, he lost a lot of it in the offseason. Um, he was a WWE star. He was a champion. He was oh. the skinniest freak, though. Um, I know. <laughs> so it, it was weird seeing him that way. But a couple other guys I think are worth taking a look at, and they might be a little bit risky, are guys like Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry missed four games last year, but he still finished, like I think, top 10 in terms of like targets. And the Chargers love targeting the tight end, right? And, yeah. and other, But the only thing is you have Herbert or Terod T- Taylor throwing the ball. So in – that's the only thing that kind of stops me and it makes me think, all right, do I want Henry? And then he does have those in- injuries issues, but when he doesn't, and he's on the field, he does really well. Um, so that's more risk reward. And then a couple of the guys that I was looking at are like a Jack Doyle, Eric Ebron, just because yeah, Philip Rivers on that team and he loves his tight end position. I was just so. thinking about that, man. I totally agree with you. Now I'm just going to piggyback up you that Doyle right there really mm-hmm. has my eye because I think of, you know, his times with, with the Chargers and using Henry. And Doyle's been fine. Doyle's been a decent, solid player. And that's one that I, I sit there and I go, okay, that's really interesting to me. Um, you have any other ones? You said uh, Ebron, right? Yeah, well, because Ebron and Doyle on the same team. So that's the only thing I'm like, all right, which one do you choose? But Doyle definitely got the majority of the targets la- last year. Ebron's um, we'll with Oh, he's with Pitt now? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. Um, yeah. Then 100% Jack Doyle, then because he's like, like you, like you said, Philip Rivers is going to target that tight end position. The other guy that's interesting to me, though, is, um, and I don't think I'd be picking him, but I, you know, you have that kind of glimpse of like that moment of weakness. Like, ah, you know, it's the ninth round, whatever. Um, but Greg Olson. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> In Seattle. It's a, it's, it's a really like, I mean, you know, it's a late, it's a last round, uh, but yeah, that's fair. 
Um, just because it's interesting. I mean, Russell Wilson threw a lot more last year than he has in his previous two years. Um, and they definitely, I mean, I think in 2018, they were more of a running back offense or running offense and they completely turned the corner and shifted it. So Russell loves his tight ends as well. Um, and as long as he stays healthy, he could be a big part of it. But like I said, I'm not wagering him as my number one, right? He's a little bit too risky for that. All right, I got one player and one player only that I'm going to bring up on this, and then I just want to cluster two at the end before we sign off. My guy that I have my eye on, Hayden Hurst, out in Atlanta. Um, Obviously, we all saw what uh, Austin Hooper did last year. I think they're going to try and still incorporate the tight end a lot. You know Hayden Hurst pretty well with playing with Baltimore. Still a high-value pick um, in the draft the previous year, and I think that's a sneaky player that you could get later on. Um, that could still surprise a lot of people and, and work his way up maybe into the top five this year. But the disrespect in fantasy doesn't stop for Chicago because uh, looking at the end of the board for, for tight ends, Cole Komet is actually ranked higher than Jimmy Graham, and they're the 31st and 32nd ranked tight ends in fantasy football this year. Um, I, I'm, I'm not trying to be biased, but I'm going to tell you what. Jimmy Graham's not going to end as the 32nd ranked tight end. I I will put money that he somehow makes it into the top 15. Yeah, I think that's a safe bet. Let me uh, throw another name out for you guys. Chris Herndon. Oh, nope, nope, nope. I'm stopping you there. <laughs> I'm stopping you there because I was going to bring him up, and I'm not bringing up that Chris Herndon hype train bullshit again because we got on that train for the last two years, and that train died before it even fully got off the freaking station last year because his ass got suspended or whatever. Yeah, he got the one like he was about to come on. You're like, oh my god, I have him in my bench, and then the the, the one week that you're about to start, I'm like, oh, I finally have a starting tight end, and then he gets suspended. I'm like, hey, yeah, oh, what was it? It was injury, and then he got suspended right yeah, after. I'm like, oh, yeah. my mother. I'm like, I've you never probably wasted a high waiver on him, probably too. Yeah. I'm like, I'm never getting out that hype train can that can turn around. It can do a U-turn. It can fall off the tracks. I am never going to get on that hype train again. I, I he, swear. Nice try, though, Cam. I'm like, he has a higher GDP right now than Eric Ebron. Yeah, that's BS. I would take Ebron before him if that was up to me. But yeah, I don't know. The tight end position, like you guys said, is going to be scary. But a couple players, like you said, Noah Fant and TJ Hawkinson are some players to watch. Uh, just because, like you said, the first year never normally is a great year for a tight end. Uh, that's why, unless somehow Cole Komet for the Bears can can blow that lid off the top. But, you know, um, those are players I will watch. Um, it is funny to me to see Noah Fant that high, though, uh, even though a lot of the other other offensive talent on that team is very highly ranked too. And you do have drew lock still at quarterback, but Hey, we'll see what happens. Uh, there's a lot of mouse to feed out there, um, in, in Denver, but it'll be interesting. Uh, like we said, guys, if you can't get one of those top two or three tight ends, just stick it out to the end. It's almost like a kicker. You might as well start taking flyers on them. Uh, cause it's just risky at that. Uh, any final words there, Edgar? No, I think that's pretty much it. But I think one thing maybe to close off on is I just thought about this. It's going to be such a weird year if like a running back, let's say like Ezekiel Elliott gets like COVID-19 and then you know, people are scrambling just to pick up his backup. How long is Elliott going to be out? What's going to happen with the new team? You know, it's I, it's going to be a crazy year. I call this the handcuff year. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it really is. So like drafted at this point, like just for safety, maybe just for like, 
maybe there's a chance you get like the starting guy. Yeah, draft a handcuff. If, if you have a, if you have bench, you know, an extra spot on your bench, why not? Maybe it's the year to actually play with these uh, running backs that have committees because maybe if one of them goes, at least you have the starter then. Um, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm 100% with you on that. Um, it is a concern to have. But speaking of that, um, they just announced today, like I told you on the last episode, you know, between last week, they had no positive cases. And actually, as of today, there's only one player left on the COVID um, list. And I think mm-hmm. it was a Texans offensive lineman. And they said he should be off of it by the te- by the time the season starts in three weeks. So, nice. you know, that's that's a great spot to be in uh, in the world as we currently are stated. So it's a good thing to see. So hopefully that continues. But it is a real risk to pay attention to. So it just always be on top of it. And we'll have you covered on those waivers and, you know, potentially people to pick up if something like that happens. Uh, Cam, any final words? No, um, just. Like I said last time, just be safe, you know, be monitoring the waiver wire. It's going to be very unpredictable. It will don't be. share drinks. <laughs> don't, share, don't share anything. Um, <laughs> like we said, man, just be safe this year. Hopefully these players are safe. Let's get through a whole fantasy football season this year with no, no, well, not even just fantasy football, just football in general, because it'll be a nice thing to have. But just like I said, stay safe, get ready for these drafts. If you haven't drafted already, make sure you're paying attention and, uh, Let's get ready, man. Football season, three weeks away, guys. Have a good one.